Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It is episode number 97, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. There we go. We have Tazzy back. We brought her back from her undisclosed filming location. She's back with us. Also with us. the last one. <laughs> yes. Forgot how time flies like that. So um, also with us is a new guest. So, you know, we like to bring you interesting discussions with diverse voices, both new and returning. And we're bringing Aaron Potter, features editor at Wireframe Magazine for his first episode of the podcast. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Nigel. Tazzy, I'm glad you made it back from the set of Uncharted 2 alive. Um, <laughs> shout out to, you wow, know. Wow, just like there. spoiling that. Hey, I've not signed any NDAs. I don't know if she has, but we're in the clear, Nigel. (laughs) I'm just a bystander here. Um, So you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, As always, you can send us your feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com. Follow us on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter, at myamadatv on Instagram or TikTok, or at Tazzy on everything. You can also join our Studio 77 Discord to be part of the Maya Matter universe and meet other people in the community and can consider becoming a Studio 77 member to support the work we do at Maya Matter and get exclusive access to events and artwork and sometimes games as well. We've been giving out some game codes earlier today. So yeah, check that out. So before we get into today's story discussions, Let's update you with the latest from the Mayamada universe. And we have some live streams coming up. So as people who have been listening to the podcast for a while will know, I've started a new series called Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, uh, as well as uh, playing around with alliteration. I also, you know, does what it says on the tin. So uh, I think that's pretty good branding. The next episode will be with British manga creator, Uh, not me, but uh, (laughs) I'll be like interviewing myself. Uh, There's another one. There's another one out there. Uh, Shango Ejinjobi on Tuesday, the 22nd of March from 7.30 p.m. GMT. So yeah, you can check that out live on Twitch. We'll be talking to a different comic creator every month, asking about the work they do and trying to highlight the people, the humans behind the art that we all enjoy as well as that comic themed interview we have other live streams happening so at the end of the month on wednesday the 30th of march from 7 p.m gmt we will be playing with studio 77 members and you can watch long live on twitch for our march games night where we will be playing knockout city so uh, you might have seen it at a past gamepad online uh, we are getting into it into some dodgeball action so you can check that out uh, i guess we're going to be doing three on three yeah we've got enough people for that so three on three dodgeball uh, come join us in the live chat uh, and check that out uh, and as always you can find our past games night i was going to say escapades and then i realize I don't use that word, so I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> it just popped into my mind. I was like, I don't use that word. But anyway, I said it. It's on record. You can check out our past games like Xpades. I've said it twice now. Uh, we've played Roblox, Fortnite, Rocket League, Identity V, 
something I'm forgetting, Gothic Phone. We played a lot. Things that we don't need to speak about. The things that we do not, the <laughs> games that shall remain nameless, <laughs> which uh, we still haven't uh, made that highlight. So I'm 50-50 on that, but uh, the rest will make their way on YouTube if they're not already there. And and a bit further down the line, uh, we have our next headline event on Saturday the 9th of April, Gamepad Online, which will be live on Twitch and hosted by Tazzy. So speaking of Knockout City, we'll be playing that in our Friendly Fire competition, uh, along with Rocket League and what's the other one we play? Brawlhalla as well. I think that's the lineup for this one. So we have a, I know we have at least one spot in our team lineup uh, as of this recording. So you can check that out. Uh, if you're in our Discord, give us a shout. You can email us uh, or go to the website gamepad.events uh, and there'll be a some path to a page where you can sign up. So there's a few ways to get involved. Um, so yeah, give us a shout. We'll also be streaming another round of interviews uh, with industry professionals looking to bring you closer to the people who bring us the games that we enjoy. Uh, so this is a free event. And we'll be doing a t-shirt giveaway for this one. So we have just uh, launched a new campaign. There are t-shirts involved in that campaign. And we may give away one or two at Gamepad Online. So definitely jump in our Discord, get yourself a ticket on Eventbrite, and come join us live to find out more about that. And speaking of our campaign, the Do I Look Like a Gamer 2022 campaign has been launched. We're in the midst uh, of it. So this is a campaign promoting diversity and inclusion in the video games industry. So you can follow us on social media to see the photo campaign that we launched with uh, and meet the 40 people that would make that made up that photo campaign, showcasing the diversity uh, that does exist in video games uh, as a way to hopefully inspire uh, more of it, basically, among uh, young people in particular, in particular, young people from underrepresented backgrounds and just generally challenging the stereotype around the word gamer uh, and just letting people know everyone can play games. It's not something, or at least it shouldn't be something that's restricted to a certain type of person. So uh, you can see the launch. We did a live stream launch and we'll be putting up different segments of that launch on YouTube. So you can check that out. Uh, and stay tuned for other activities and events, especially if you are a young or aspiring games professional, you'll want to get involved uh, in this and what we've got planned over spring. Uh, and our first event is coming pretty soon. So on the 24th of March, we'll, we will have our video games roundtable, our video games careers roundtable, uh, keyword there, which will be at Palo Studios, supported by Hit Marker and Splash Damage. We'll be at the Palos Farrenden office. So we're encouraging young people to also come with parents. So this is something that uh, parents, guardians, carers, anyone involved in supporting uh, young people that might have an interest in entering the industry to find out more about it as a career and hopefully not just a, a waste of time as I've heard from some uh, parents and you know, hoping that we can get people to support the young people um, to make those first steps in the industry. That is some of what we're up to. Now you're all caught up with My Matter. Let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week. So this is the part where we get to have a little spoiler-free discussion about what stories everyone has been reading, watching or playing. So we'll start with our guest, Aaron. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so I think the story that I kind of want to talk about is there's a new film out that isn't called Uncharted. 
that isn't called Spider-Man and doesn't star Tom Holland. Oh, Sony hate you right now. Uh, they really <laughs> it's do. like, they really who do. is this guy? <laughs> hey, hey, I love my PlayStation 5. You know, take it <laughs> easy. Um, so if you pop down to your local art house cinema, you'll, they'll hopefully be showing a film called Red Rocket at the moment. It is an 18 certificate film, so it's for mature uh, cinema goers. But uh, it's the latest film from Sean Baker, who most people might know uh, for directing uh, Tangerine which was famously the the film uh, shot on an iPhone, but perhaps more recently at the Florida Project. But the thing I like about Red Rocket is it was made during COVID. It's a super in-depth look at kind of like Southern America during a time where the politics of the, the country aren't exactly looking great. It's set in the summer of 2016, and they'll, I'll let people uh, kind of imagine the rest. But it's it's just a really interesting case study about one of the most manipulative uh, film characters I think I've ever seen put on screen. Uh, played excellently by Simon Rex, who this is this is kind of like his big comeback at the moment. You might know him from the scary movie films. He kind of makes fun of himself in that, but this is a more serious turn for him. So yeah, I'd say uh, Red Rocket. If you like films that are actually shot on film, I think this was shot on like sixteen millimeter, and it's got that real thick, grainy look. Yeah, it's 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 a I can't say it's a good time, but um, it's uh, an interesting look at a life far from my own or anyone that I know. Hmm, interesting. Have either of you heard of Red Rocket, just out of interest? Mm, no, I haven't heard of <laughs> no, any of the you've... films you mentioned. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. No, I've... this is news to me, so... I, I kind of thought, you know, what's the complete opposite of Uncharted? Big studio blockbuster movie, and uh, I'll show this little indie film some love. Yeah. I love that, because it's like something that I wouldn't really discover on my own, I guess. Only for yeah. recommendation type thing. So, so it's like an A24 movie, which I think they do like loads of art house stuff. And a lot of the time, you know, you, you see like, like film critics like, oh, this film was lovely and da 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 But um, I feel like this film's really approachable despite the subject matter. And yeah, if you're of age and uh, you want to be challenged just a little bit, I think Red Rocket's a good shout. Um, games wise, just a little mention, uh, I'm also playing No More Heroes 3, which I'm really enjoying. Love it. <laughs> That one I have heard of, so... <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Love it. I've been... Well, I've been watching. I've watched the whole of Always a Witch last week. Literally binged it, like, finishing on set and having no energy but not being tired. Like, sleepy tired. Uh, Always a Witch was my go-to, um, which I really love. I think it's a Spanish film, uh, or the original language is Spanish. And I watch in English because he's watching subs when you're tired. <laughs> but I instantly like love this and it's been on my like watch list for ages. There's a lot of things end up just like sitting in there and I'm always like, oh, I'm not ready for it yet. I started watching it and I absolutely love it. It's about a witch. <laughs> Never would have guessed. <laughs> no one would have guessed. Yeah. Um, but she's also a slave during the Spanish Inquisition. And there's some tri time travel involved. So, you know, I love a good time mechanic. But yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Um, but I definitely recommend watching it. It's quite refreshing. Nice little, little fun one. And then, oh my God, I also binged in two days the whole of Kataro Lives Alone, which is about, it's an, it's an anime about a four-year-old that lives in a, an apartment building by themselves <laughs> and like 
essentially makes friends with all his adult neighbours who are like shocked that he lives alone and they all end up kind of like looking after him. And it seems like if you go to, it's on Netflix, both of these are Netflix originals, I think. When you like look at the image for it, you think it's this really like cutesy anime and it is, but it's also kind of deep. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. And it watches a bit like, um, oh my God, how can I forget the name of the anime that I love? The Way of the House Husband. There you go. There you go. I'm going to blame being ill for like why I can't think properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it kind of is a nice, easy watch like that. Yeah, it's super cute. But Did you deep. watch that dubbed or subbed? Can I ask, is it available both or? It is um, available as both. I watched it dubbed mm-hmm. actually i watched it a bit of both so nice. <laughs> nigel what about you what you been what you been watching yeah speaking of uh subtle dubbed i have been watching well one of the things i've been watching uh so i've been away i'm well still away as we uh record this i'll be back by the time it comes out so it's actually given me some time to to watch things so i've been watching the silent sea which is a korean drama is it drama i'm only two episodes in so uh, I'm going to go with drama uh, until <laughs> some of the stuff. I guess that kind of mystery thriller sort of thing going on where you have these kind of uh, – basically, it's set in like a what feels like a dystopian time where water is being heavily rationed and you've got this whole kind of uh, class system going on in terms of who has access. But there's this hand-picked team of of people who need to go to the moon to a research facility that has been abandoned but they need to get some kind of sample uh, and like i said two episodes in so I'm not, there's something happening uh, under the surface uh, here and um yeah it's uh it's quite cool i'm gonna talk more about this on future episodes once i watch the whole thing but the reason i came to this actually is kind of a little bit tied to why uh, i'm out of the country because i needed to get a uh, visa sorted so i needed to, needed to get passport photos uh, done so i did that at my local post office got my photos taken got about 90 percent of the way home realized i have somehow managed to drop and lose all the photos i just come back i uh, oh, just no. purchased i know right so another walk back to the post office i'm like to the guy who took my photo i'm like hey you wouldn't believe this but uh, <laughs> i've honestly just l- dropped the photos somewhere so we had a, a bit of back and forth he was really nice about it and eventually like i think he was initially gonna sort of give me a discount because i i gotta charge you something but then we started talking and i started talking about what i do and we somehow got to shows and things we're watching and specifically korean shows and films and i mentioned train to busan and he mentioned the silent mm-hmm. sea so i was like okay let me put this on my list uh, and then he gave me the photos again for free so it's not a bad day so that's how i got to that's the story of how i got to this story you enticed him over with your charm and love of Korean cinema. I love it. Apparently. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I took. I might have to give it a watch then because I really liked um, the train to that mm. place. That I can't yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it's really, really, really good. I'm really liking this. And it started off as uh, dubbed, but then I actually switched it to sub just because it was slightly annoying me the way uh, the english translations coming a bit out of sync with the uh, lips that was just mm-hmm. bugging me so i was like let me just put this on uh subtitles so yeah i've been watching that um another two things i'll mention one is uh space force 
Steve Carell is uh, the leader of the United States Space Force Division. I think this was initially supposed to be like a, a parody of when uh, former President Donald Trump, still feels weird to say, but former President Donald Trump uh, started Space Force. So it's kind of a, like a parody thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Parks and Recreation uh, and The Office. So it's the US version of The Office, which I think is absolutely amazing. Oh, yes. And just, yeah, just really like Steve Carell. This is different, though. This is, I would say, it's not as it's not as funny as either of them, but it has, well, at least for me, it has like heart, which feels weird to say about what should be a comedy, <laughs> but it just has, it, like every episode, is it's kind of funny stuff that's happening, but there's always something like, just like, ah, that's, it's either quite sweet or uh, somehow endearing. I just like, I've liked uh, watching that from the first season and into season two as well. I think all the best comedies have heart, right? Because I've not watched it, but everybody's always talking about Ted Lasso. And um, oh, yeah, that, I've not that, seen that, that show's whole, whole thing, I think. But yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a similar thing. So I guess if you're thinking Office and Parks and Rec, it's, it's not that. Yeah, um, yeah. And initially I was kind of disappointed. But then, like I said, uh, I think for season two, they've kind of focused in on the, on the heart of the show. And I like Steve Carell. So. And the last thing I will mention... Kuroko's Basketball, The Last Game, which is a, I guess not quite a spin-off, but a follow-on film from the series Kuroko's Basketball, which I've spoken about on the show before. So Numerous this is times. just, <laughs> it, it's, it's so good. Like, it's so good. And it's one of those things where for me, so last year I did a, a, a what would I call this, a session, a, a production, a, a video thing for the Children's Media Conference talking about how um, anime well, specifically manga, but sort of by association, anime uh, is good for creativity and inclusion and how or why it appeals to young people. And in that, I was speaking to people who are fans, but also people who worked with young people, a young person as well, and a manga artist and getting people's perspectives. And one of the things that came out is how manga and anime just have this thing is sometimes in Western cartoons, and not to overgeneralize, but I'm going to do that uh, just for the purpose mm -hmm. of this argument, when trying to quote unquote teach lessons to young people can be quite heavy handed and obvious and sometimes patronizing, which actually is what one of the young person, young people said. Whereas anime and manga, what I find it just puts characters in situations and you can learn from that. So for me, Kuroko's basketball is a great example of this this team, this up and coming team that just had to, you know, basically get better. It's about you need to get better, you need to train, you need to develop the skills that you have. It features a character who by Western standards, would not be the main character um, in a series. But here he is, can't play basketball, except he can pass amazingly. And his skill is making others better. And this, the last game, is just like a bring the gang back together thing, which I love. Um, but there's one key thing which I will, I will end on where there's a particular player. So in the series, they have to like face what I would say bosses that have a particular skill in basketball. And there's one player who can make threes uh three-point shots from anywhere on the um, on the court so basically they figure out Kuriko's team kind of figure out how like his tell and how to stop him so he adapts and i guess this is slightly spoiler territory but he adapts by basically making the motion for a shot and just assuming the ball will get there from another person on the team so there's this moment where he's like he's taking a shot with no ball but then the ball gets to him and it just, it was a moment of like a life lesson where sometimes you just have to 
make the motion, even though you don't have the ball. I think there's a, there's a lesson I took from there. In, so you just have to have faith that the ball will get to you and make the motion anyway. I don't know why that particular lesson stood out to me. Actually, I do know why, because I have a business. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> in business, you have to make the, all the motions of a shot, even though you don't have the ball, with the faith that the ball will arrive when you need it uh, in your hands. So it's a, it's a great show. Highly recommend it. And also has some life slash entrepreneurial lessons in there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, what I've been watching. Um, and those are the stories that we've been enjoying. So with that, let's get to our main story discussion. And today we are going to be talking about Uncharted, the 2022 action adventure film directed by Ruben Fletcher with screenplay by Raph Lee Judkins, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. The film is based on the video game franchise of the same name, which has been developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. And it stars Tom Holland, that guy, uh, and Mark Wahlberg, among others. So spoiler alert, we are going to be digging into the details of this particular story. So if you haven't seen it, pause, go watch it, come back and join the conversation. So I'm going to do a recap of the story. But first, I want to get everyone's quick overall impressions of what they have watched. So we'll start with our guest, Aaron. What are your thoughts about this story? I I went in expecting the worst, I'll be honest, as I imagine a lot of people did. And I think it's not the disaster that it could have been. Did I enjoy it? I enjoyed <laughs> elements of it. <laughs> Sorry to be awkward, but um, yeah, um, it's not a bad film. It's a it's a decent, perfectly fine time at the cinema. It's a good popcorn flick, is how I put it. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think um, Tazzy, what did you think? I really enjoyed it, but it was a bit flat. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how I know else to describe it. Like it was cool, <laughs> but there was just a flatness to it that I don't know how to explain. I think I'd love it. I felt like oh, I came all the way to the cinema to watch this, <laughs> but not in a bad way. Just in a way like I'd much prefer to just be at home watching it. Put that on the poster. and I probably would have enjoyed know, it right? a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be at home. Yeah, I'd rather be at home. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just don't think it's like, go all the way to the cinema. It's more of like a, yeah. if it was on like Netflix, I'd put it on, I'd probably like be like, wow, it's an amazing film. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Because when we spoke about Dune, which you saw at home, that was the one to go to the cinema. And yeah. Like, <laughs> and this was the one to watch at home. So yeah, this is going to be an interesting conversation because I agree with you both. I, I enjoyed it, like Aaron said, in terms of like, it's a... It was like a good popcorn film, but it, it did feel flat. And if for me, it felt flat in particular because of the video games, which I guess will come to it at different points. So yeah, it was like, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know. I kind of wanted more or could have been more. And I don't know how much of this is just me being spoiled by Arcane, which for me is just like, also, spoiler alert, this might not be the first time I mention Arcane in this podcast, <laughs> but I just like raised the bar to just unfair levels almost when they talk about video game adaptations I, I don't think it's because you've been spoiled by arcane because i have yet to watch arcane and i feel like okay there we it go. could it could have been more and i feel like yeah, it could have easily been more like yeah. i don't <laughs> i've seen the opening 20 seconds of arcane 
and I was meaning to go back. So I'm kind of in a similar position to Tazzy, I think. All right, maybe I just wanted to mention Arcane. So, okay, we'll we've got a whole podcast for that. So I'll try and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll try and temper that. Um, all right, so let me do a recap, and then we'll we'll figure out why this might have been a a flat popcorn enjoyable film <laughs> so this is a story that takes us to the past where brothers sam and nathan nate drake are caught by museum security trying to steal the first map made after the Magellan expedition the orphanage they lived in kicks sam out but before he leaves sam promises to return to nate 15 years later, Nate works as a bartender in New York City, pickpocketing wealthy patrons. Victor Sully Sullivan, a fortune hunter who has worked with Sam, explains to Nate that Sam vanished after helping him steal Juan Sebastian Ericano's diary. Nate agrees to help Sully to find his brother. Sully and Nate go to an auction to steal a golden cross linked to the Magellan crew, where they meet Santiago, Santiago Moncada. The last descendant of the Moncada family who funded the Magellan expedition and Joe Braddock, leader of the mercenaries hired by Moncada. Nate is ambushed by Braddock's men and the fight creates a distraction for Sully to steal the cross. The pair travel to Barcelona where, they, where the treasure is supposedly hidden and meet Sully's contact Chloe Fraser who has another cross. After Chloe steals the first cross from Nate, the two convince Chloe to work with them. Meanwhile, Moncada learns from his father that a family fortune will be donated and so has his farm father killed, which is an extreme step uh, for me. Um, Nate, yeah. Chloe and Sully <laughs> follow clues and eventually use the two crosses to unlock a secret passage. Nate and Chloe find a map that indicates the treasure is in the Philippines. Chloe then betrays Nate and takes the map, hinting Sully is keeping a secret about Sam. Chloe brings the map to Moncada, having also been hired by him. Sully eventually reveals to Nate that Braddock was responsible for Sam being shot. Moncada, Chloe and Braddock's team travel by cargo plane to find the treasure, but Braddock kills Moncada, forcing Chloe into hiding with the map. So Nate and Sully are also on board the plane, and Nate confronts Braddock. Nate and Chloe are ejected from the plane and land in the Philippines. Nate then discovers the treasure's true location thanks to Sam's postcards, but leaves fake's coordinates for Chloe. He discovers the Magellan ships and reunites with Sully. Braddock follows them, forcing Nate and Sully to hide as her crew airlifts the ships out. In their escape, Sully takes control of one of the helicopters lifting the ships. Nate defends himself from more mercenaries and shoots down the other helicopter with one of the ship's cannons. Nate climbs to safety of Sully's helicopter. Sully throws a bag of collected treasure at Braddock, who is crushed to death when the ship breaks and falls. As Philippine naval units arrive, Nate and Sully get away with a few pieces of pickpocketed treasure while Chloe is left empty-handed. The end. Oh, actually, there were. I realized uh, I did not stick around for the after credit. I did. Seems which is a fail on my part. So I didn't either. I did because I was like, "This is such a, this is such a like." I don't, I don't know. I just knew it. I was like, "I'm just gonna sit and wait." Yeah. And I uh, watched everyone leave the cinema, and I was like, "Ha, you amateurs!" <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> yep. That's that. Uh, were there? There were two, or is it just one? Um, two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There was like one that was kind of like 
pretty immediately after, and then one that was a bit after. Oh no, maybe I saw that one. I definitely didn't see the second one. I know I, I left it, but I can't remember. We'll get to it though. What I did want to uh, start with is like, you know, obviously this being a film franchise, or what will uh, clearly become a film franchise based on an existing game franchise. So, what has everyone played and how do we feel about the source material? I'll just come around and say I really love Uncharted. I think I've played them all, apart from that weird card game spin-off that came out on PlayStation Vita, Fight for Fortune. Oh, wow. I don't know how story-centric that game was, but... I'm sure it's vital. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> hey, if I played that, I would have enjoyed this movie. Without that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where we all went wrong, guys. I know, right? That's why we don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I really love Uncharted. Uh, Uncharted 2 is cliche, probably my favourite of the series. But um, mm. yeah, no, they're great games, guys. Naughty Dog know what they're doing. They do. They do. Um, what about you, Tazzy? Played one to three, I'm pretty sure. Have I played four? I don't know. I've definitely played one to three. Four actually has Sam uh, Sam in it. So that's where you mm. see Sam. So if, you, if you've seen Sam, then you've played four. I'm still unsure. Um, <laughs> 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 that didn't help that far <laughs> I was like, have I seen Sam? I'm not sure. Also, um, you know when you watch a lot of video games as well, and you're like, have I just watched yep. bits of it and not? Anyway, oh, okay. and in terms of like comparison of games and film, I feel like there's some bits that were like on, like nail on the head, head on whatever that phrase is, <laughs> and then. And then there's the flatness. And as well, like, I feel like as much as I love Tom Holland, he's too polished. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I also had issues. issues. I had a lot of issues with casting. Well, actually, two and the two leads. <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll definitely get to that. But no, I, I agree with that. Okay. I, I've also played... No, actually, I haven't played all because I haven't played the... I played one to four, but then there was the spin-off Lost with Legacy. Chloe and... Yeah, yeah, I do need, I want to play that as well. My media memory is just terrible. So I don't remember <laughs> like to all I remember is for probably because of recency bias, but also I know that's the one with Sam in it. But that was my favorite one just because mm. I can sort of clearly remember it as, yeah. a, as a standalone entity rather than the, the blur of Uncharted. But I really like Uncharted. I'd one out. Uncharted 2 is definitely the best. <laughs> okay, I, 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 wrong. I won't disagree with that just because I can't remember. <laughs> Like oh, the, oh, the oh, line between no, you uh, you uh, underestimate how, how bad my film memory uh, is. But let I I will go with the majority. Uh, number two uh, is the best. Um, and for me, the I guess this is really the reason why I was kind of skeptical of the film because Uncharted for me kind of made a film unnecessary because it is such a cinematic experience. Mm. So you're almost getting the best of like a cinematic experience with the actual i'm in this the interactivity of a video game so it almost yeah. begs the question why is this being made a film for me anyway so it's already on a, a bad footing from from the beginning for me can i just add like one little bit before i forget i think one of the reasons why this fell flat for me just one of them is one of the reasons why ready player one also fell flat but that we know that just oh, felt, okay. felt more than flat yeah. for me. Right, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. And it's because it yeah. doesn't give you enough of like the puzzle element of video games, kind of like dumbs it down. And I found that really weird for Uncharted because it's not like we haven't 
had um, Indiana Jones and Lara Croft exist in the world before. And so it already had like a blueprint. <laughs> a film, like a film specific. Yes, well. film yeah. specific blueprint. And I was like, there's no, there was no like sense of me being like, oh, what's the puzzle? Like, what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to get out of this? There was like one little bit. And I was like, come on, it's, a, it's based on a video game. And it's based off like, you know, like an adventure archaeologist. We've had this mm. before. It should be, it should be easy. <laughs> I think you two are, are getting at the crux of the main issue here, which is it's a dilution of a dilution already. Like the Uncharted <laughs> games, heavily inspired by, you know, pop fiction, sort of 1930s adventure serials, yep. which, you know, Indiana Jones obviously obviously popularized in the mm. 80s and such. And then, yeah, that's kind of like what everyone was asking leading into this movie. It's like, well, that this film technically already exists. Uh, it's called Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, the best Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> <laughs> so why, you know, if, if the appeal isn't the fact that I'm getting to play through this myself, then what is the appeal? What is that? That is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that's almost like, a universal question for video game adaptations. Yeah, but even like, I was, I was thinking like if this would come up, like that Mortal Kombat movie that came out last year, I think it was. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw it. I still no, haven't. Seen it. No, it's not terrible. It's, it's like, I would say it's better than this, just because you're actually seeing some artistry on scene in terms of the fight choreography. Mm. It's like, that's got the wow factor. Whereas multiple times in this movie, it's like, oh, Tom Holland just winks and smiles his way out of situations. That's how he uh, gets through everything. And like, if we're going back to the game specifically, like that's not who Nathan Drake is. Mm. He's like Nathan Drake has always been this schlubby everyman he's character rough. to me. Yes, he's, he's rough like and he's rough. <laughs> and escaping moments by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, and I guess there's never a moment in the Uncharted movie where you think, "Oh, Tom Holland's really going to get hurt." Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he's falling out of that plane at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I guess the physics are way off. He's jumping. Like, I didn't know he was Spider-Man in this movie. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Oh my God. I was like, okay, it's it's Spider-Man, but in like the un the classic Uncharted beginning <laughs> of the <laughs> game. <laughs> and he like apologized. And I was like, but in a Tom Holland way and not in a Nathan Drake way. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting how in this film they... um they go some way to not give Nathan Drake a gun until like the very end, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. Because I know that is some, some people have a major issue with that in the games. Like he's this lovable rogue, but he's also a mass murderer. A murderer, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember thinking that because <laughs> they give you the stats at the end. It's like, you killed 600 people. Whoa. Am I the bad guy here? <laughs> I did it in That's the name uh, of love and history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try telling that to the families. But uh, anyway, before it gets too dark, um, yeah. one of the things I did want to mention is um, the production journey because, so this has been on my radar. Like I've, I've known it existed. I've not been like super excited for it, but what I had heard about it is it's gone through some production troubles. So as I was putting the notes together, I kind of looked into it and uh, I'm going to try and speed through this. But um, so in November 2009, Sony first started getting to work on a live action Uncharted with Mark Wahlberg, the then writer director's mm. choice to play the lead role of Nathan Drake, which I thought was just a joke, but it's actually true. Then fast forward to May 2011, the director, David O. Russell, no longer attached explaining that his take on what to do with the source material didn't line up with what the studio wanted to see from a blockbuster, which is something I might come back to uh, at some point. Uh, so new director, 
Neil Berger given uh, the helm of Uncharted in July of 2011, then decided to drop the film in 2012, going on to make Divergent instead. Fast forward to June 2015, it was reported that Uncharted had lost another director, with Seth Gordon moving on to pursue other projects. May 2017, Sony decided to double down on their biggest franchise star, obviously Tom Holland, as it was decided that their that the Spider-Man Homecoming lead would also play Nathan Drake. Another director, what we on for, uh, Sean Levy, decided to make Free Guy instead. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, Definitely not then, mad at that. Yeah, Appreciate no, that. No, that's, yeah, that's a good good decision. In January 2020, Sony decided to reteam with Zombieland director Ruben Fleischer for Uncharted and put together an ensemble cast, including Mark Wahlberg now as Victor Sully Sullivan. So it's taken so long, Mark Wahlberg aged up. Well, I mean, he still looks way too young, but as we'll come to the casting mm. thing. But anyway, he's now there as a different character. So do you think that the production troubles, and I know, you know, there's no smooth kind of production, but it feels like it's had particular issues, has affected the final product? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could it not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what it feels like to me, and this is something I saw uh, from a piece in The Guardian by Peter Bradshaw, which uh, who effectively said, is this action movie by committee? And I felt that feels like what this is. So he writes the, the lovable rogues bop around from glamorous location to glamorous location, and the whole thing runs smoothly enough with some spectacular touches. Holland gives it his all, but the rest of the cast look a little less committed. An efficient, soulless hologram of a film, which is quite a nice uh, paragraph there. But also quite I feel like unfair on the actors. I think everyone, I think most people done pretty well. I don't think the problem is the actors. No, it's the characterization and the just general plot. Yeah. Everything's going through the motions. That's yeah, it. and it doesn't feel like, I mean, it explains it falling flat because... You, that's what you feel like no one's really had a chance to like really dig their teeth into this and like make it their own and like give it the director's <laughs> splash <laughs> it just feels like they've just done a job like yeah it's a big studio film right in that way where everyone's chipping in with their ideas and i imagine that by the time reuben fleischer picked up directorial duties like most i imagine the script was pretty much if not done like 90 percent done they already had Tom Holland cast. They already had Mark Wahlberg cast. And I, I believe I'm right in saying that, as well as those directors you listed, uh, Nigel, Dan Trachtenberg was also attached at one point, who is the director uh. of 10 Cloverfield Lane. And he's about to come out with a new Predator reboot movie. I remember hearing when he was attached to direct and I got really excited because he directed an awesome Portal 2 fan film, which he uploaded to YouTube probably about 10 years ago now, which is really good. But he, he is a gamer. He comes from that world. I first came across him when he did this YouTube show called The Totally Rad Show, where they review like pop culture every week. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he kind of like broke through to the Hollywood system, came out swinging with 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then, um, yeah, when he was attached to this, I was kind of like, yes, he knows the games. He knows how to make a movie. He'll understand how to do it right. But for whatever reason, yeah, Sony bumped him off. and Made him just stitch together existing... Like an existing yeah, film. Thing, right? 
Is um the Totally Rad Show, because I think you just connected some pieces for me. Was this also with Jeff Kanata? It certainly was. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. I remember, cause I listened to DLC? a DLC podcast. And I, now, because now you said, I remember him talking about Dan leaving the production and um, yeah. sort of Jeff being like disappointed that, yes. Yeah, I forgot. So, then, okay, add another director to the, <laughs> to the list. <laughs> yeah. But um, I totally agree. Like, it's not the actor's fault it's kind of just it all comes down to like story i think and i feel that my general feeling with this movie it's like look it's been in production for so long get it out just get it out mm. it's actually a broken game isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as when a game comes out broken <laughs> yeah we, we've put in far too much money and time now it's just we can't not release it yeah and i understand it was that yeah that you was compete against those financial pressures well what was interesting to me is and i I don't know like the story in this but just reading about david o russell saying that the what he wanted to do didn't match what the studio wanted to see from what is a i know it's not some of our blockbuster kind of uh popcorn film Uh, and i I wonder if there was some like i want to go a bit deeper or maybe even change because i think i read that he wanted to add more characters that weren't in the game and Tazzy and I, we've had this. We did an episode where we talked about uh, video game adaptations. Uh, did we do that episode? Or am I imagining yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it was a while ago. I mean, we've always enjoyed Uncharted, uh, enjoyed the games, but I'm, I'm not beyond, like, if you need to add more characters to, you know, fill a, a good story for that medium, then okay, let's let's see what it is. But maybe it's like, no, we want the the blockbuster, the action pieces. Just put that on screen from Sony. I yeah, I mean, like it, uh, yeah. I feel like Sony <laughs> probably were a bit like, oh, this is our thing, and we want it to go like this. But then it's not as bad as it could have been from that respect because it is telling an original story, quote unquote original, in that it's yes. not directly translating a story from the game, even though. Specifically with the whole Sam Drake stuff and the and the ships at the end, it's kind of um, Uncharted Four. Uh, the plane sequence is ending at Uncharted Three. Yeah. In a way, I think that makes it worse than if it did just because I think the best sequence of this movie is the final sequence where they're lifting the ships and they're like in this chase. Because up until that point, it's kind of like a greatest hits with um, a strangely young, too good looking. Uh, Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg just playing Mark Wahlberg oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know like yeah I could say he would have been a better Nathan Drake still if you were to ask me maybe I don't mm. know I think Tom Holland has it in him to play a good younger Nathan Drake but mm. I feel like he just needed some better direction because <laughs> yeah. uh, Aaron was saying like uh, the feeling of a greatest hits and it does feel like one of those things where the the pieces are there like you can i, I can mm. see where this game is for or it feels like um it feels like it's from the game like i know one of the feelings i had playing uncharted where uh nate would just get himself in some crazy situations and i'd be i almost feel like a I don't know, some parental thing would kick in and be like how have you got yourself into this crazy situation <laughs> but, I, but i'd love it so i and there was that some of that in the film where it's just like it's it's just ridiculous like you're in this plane and you're like falling out but just the the same feeling wasn't there and maybe just because you're not playing it or i don't know it just wasn't there so i could see it i could see like the the pieces of a uncharted experience but it just Mm -hmm. didn't 
like touch me like the, the game uh, experience did yeah it's just, none of it's got any weight to it is the thing it's kind of all wishy-washy and like i said going through the motions it we, the only reason we're globetrotting is because that's what the plot you know necessitates that we do like mm. for this style of film almost it's like they did that and then worked backwards whilst feeding while plugging in certain elements of uncharted and i knew i wasn't gonna this, this film if you're a fan of the game there are some surprises in there we'll talk about that cameo i'm sure Tazzy will want to bring it up. She'll pat herself on the back. Um, <laughs> but like the Sam Drake stuff, I wasn't expecting. And I think they they largely left out of the marketing. I think he mentions, you know, my brother, Sam, like it once mm. in the trailer. So I wasn't expecting the flashbacks. But then for me personally, I don't really, that character does nothing for me because if we're coming out from the gamer's perspective. Oh, you Sam. Play, yeah. So you oh, play right, one, okay. Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. No mention of Sam. We see Nathan as a boy. And then suddenly in Uncharted 4, it's, uh -huh, your long lost brother. So I, I don't know. Like, I guess at least in this film, they introduce him early. I didn't really like the sort of, they backtrack on his ultimate fate in one of the post credit scenes, I guess. Right. Because this is a wholesome family movie. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. Which makes me sound like a complete, um, <laughs> I don't know, horrible person. Why couldn't this character stay dead? But I honestly feel like... You're terrible. I, How dare you? That was the one interesting thing about Nathan Drake in this movie, is he cares about his brother and his brother's gone. They have that whole like back and forth of not gone, just lost. And then mm. watching him come to terms with when Sally tells him, he's like, look, he's gone. And then he's having to reconcile that. That was mm. like the one thing about his character that I found interesting. And then, yeah, they... they yeah, and it kind of was, it was kind of like, oh yeah, like, oh, he's not that, like, Tom Holland's Nathan Drake isn't that rough. And they're like, oh, his brother's dead. It's like, okay, that that would, you know, make it acceptable for Tom Holland's mm. character, Tom Holland not being that rough in this. And then, you know, the next film, he's a bit rougher because he's his brother's dead you know and that's what triggered um that kind of like rough edge around you've just reminded me as well but did anyone the lighter speaking of his brother did that do anyone else's head in i was like oh when when he's lighting the cannon at the end oh. i didn't i didn't mind it yeah it was a bit heavy heavy-handed i guess but mm. i know what you mean <laughs> just that bit of the cannon at the end i literally i was with there with a mate i was like i bet you what's going to happen in the next five minutes is he's going to try and light that cannon with yeah. the lighter and it's not going to work <laughs> but how do i know that because he's done it six times already in yeah, this movie yeah. um, they, they could have got, got rid of a few uh using the lighter yeah. scenes because in those sequences he's like okay his brother gives him the, the ring but then he gives him the lighter and i'm like why do we need two um you know mementos he takes, and, yeah. and the question and the answer is because the lighter is crucial to this cannon moment but yes. then we can't get rid of the, the ring because that's what people want from the game. That's the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's that's constantly exactly, yeah. having a fight with him, himself almost, what the film is. Um, talking of the flashbacks, though, oh God, I feel like I'm just talking bad about Tom Holland and I don't mean to. It's not really bad. He's got enough money. Tom, Hol Tom Holland crazy. has such a baby face. The, 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 the like younger version of him, I was like, these people are the same age, right? <laughs> and even when they done like on the train, the like transition, <laughs> I was um, like, you yeah. just went from someone the same age to someone the same age. Yeah. That was not a flash forward. That was just... I was like, oh, look, nobody ages that much in like four years or whatever, like that they, their entire face changes, but he's meant, to be, was... he's meant to be 25 or so, mid 20s, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, he's 25. So... Yeah. But yeah, he has such a baby face that the younger actor was just 
just, just they look like they could have been like a year apart. I say the younger actor is 24. And he's like, who's going to cast a <laughs> 13 year old Drake? This 24 year old. Yeah, all right. Perfect. Right. And I think that is one of the things where he just, in terms of like the casting, he just, uh, like I, I put it down, I made a note that he lacks the, the word weariness of like Nathan Drake. Like, because even in the game, like, Navy Drake is still a good looking character. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not like the hunchback of, of Notre Dame here, but, <laughs> but he has that, and he just has that like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm going to do this because I have to kind of thing. He just has that. And Tom Holland has that bright baby face. Like, yeah, we're on it. And that doesn't, Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't fit right, for this. I guess you could make the argument that this is technically an origin story. But then it is. He's already the, been through enough hardship to have a have a little ruggedness. There's just none. It's like, how is this this the same person? That's all. The, the worst thing is, is that we've seen this done better in the opening of Uncharted Three, where okay, he's a little <laughs> bit younger. I guess he's meant to be like fifteen, sixteen there. But yeah, he's still got that. You know, he's wily. He's got a bit of dirt under his fingernails, and he's yeah, you know, doing that sort he's of thing. Had a tough life. He's like a kid that his parents like disappeared. When yeah. he was young, you know. Are they gone or are they just lost, though? Oh, lost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait to the uh, sequels. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that also came to mind as, as I was putting the notes together is this reminded me of another video game adaptation, which I don't know if either of you have seen, but Assassin's Creed, in that mm. the pieces were there. Like I, could see, I watched that. I can see Assassin's Creed, but for some reason it just didn't, didn't fit. I don't know how you feel like that compares to something like this. If you see uh, similarities in terms of the way they've adapted, obviously completely different stories, but the way they've adapted each. I haven't seen it because every time I go to watch it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible, isn't anything it? anything else, yeah. <laughs> like, it just looks terrible from, like, the trailers. Yeah, I have seen it, unfortunately. I went to see it at the cinema <laughs> again, like a mug, because this was when Michael Fassbender <laughs> was like dominating Hollywood. And I was like, Michael Fassbender doesn't do bad films. He's just like amazing everything. I mean, yeah, his, proved wrong. <laughs> his accent's a bit wonky in X-Men First Class. Well, I'll forget that. But I, I will say this, Uncharted isn't anywhere near as bad as Assassin's Creed. No, no. But I get what you mean, Nigel, because I think Assassin's Creed problem was that it focused too much on the bit that nobody cared about which was the futury type stuff and i was constantly waiting to get back to the the fun well i say fun it wasn't even fun when he was playing his like assassin type character but yeah like yeah. this isn't that bad i'd say but no. then it, it's not a, a better comparison for me or maybe not better but a more obvious would be that alicia vikander tomb raider reboot film which i had a lot of fun okay with. i like I that any, yeah yeah i watched i, I thought this is this is okay this is pretty good i'm i'm enjoying this i feel if we're of the three we've mentioned, I'd put two Radar, Uncharted, and maybe a gap, and then Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah, put Mortal Kombat in that gap, and then... You're oh, yeah, I, I do want to see that. I do want to see that, actually. Um, yeah. So, maybe yeah, it is interesting. That. Yeah, maybe a few. <laughs> it's, it's just interesting to see how, yeah, how these adaptions are done. I, I feel they all kind of suffer to varying degrees from a similar problem of, of trying to distill some part maybe the wrong part of the video game experience and then what do you do when you don't have that player agency that interact interaction with the game how do you fill that gap and then they to again varying degrees don't always compensate for that in the right way for this particular medium so i don't want to say like video game adaptions are getting better oh yeah so 
it's like yeah this was could have been better but yeah this is like in a kind of like i'm grading your homework um (laughs) go back and give it a better shot next time not like stop making video game adaptions which i clearly not going to because from the the intro credits it was like we plan on making movies for all of our big hitters games Here is the Marvel intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sony are like gearing up to be like the the Sony Cinematic Universe, and I, I think at some point in the past, within the past decade, they realized, oh, we also own a movie studio and a video games. Let's put the two Let's together. Them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When that happened, and I knew it was coming because I spoke to people who saw it that that the uh, sort of PlayStation Studios tease. I was mm. like, I hope we don't end up getting a Dark Universe situation where you release one movie expecting to make a whole bunch. And then we d- we never see hear from it again, but I mean the way they're talking about this movie, it's as if that's their next big franchise, and it's I think it's currently at the time of recording, it's standing at three hundred million worldwide. I mean, it's done well. Yeah, it's it's done on a hundred twenty million budget. It's um, but then I what I've always been told is that you need to double its budget, and that's its marketing budget. So just going by that logic, it costs two hundred forty million to make and distribute, and it's made three hundred million worldwide, which. Like oh, I said, well, it isn't why? terrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but who knows? The sequel might do it better. They might Terminator to it or something. And yeah, well, well still, that's, that's a high bar. That's, <laughs> yeah, um, anything's yeah, possible. that's a high bar. Already starting from a, a pretty high bar. <laughs> but well, we know we're. Or getting, maybe we... it's all a plan uh, for Project Scorpio, and they just want stuff <laughs> they can put in there, and they don't really no, care wait, if it's Spartacus. like. Spartacus, that's what yes. why do I think Scorpio? <laughs> that was the Xbox One name. Or oh. that, yeah. That was Scorpion. <laughs> right? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just imagining everything together now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're on like the same wavelength, but in, in different universes. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, alternate universe version is yeah. different. <laughs> I, I would have much rather have seen like a Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West movie than this though because then you lose the the danger of being that distillation like mm. I've never seen a movie like Horizon you know on the big screen I don't think well it looks like that. they're planning to do it so <laughs> yeah I might live to eat those words yeah. okay. so okay why don't we look at some positive things that we did like because yay video game adaptation there are obviously things from the video game some of them you've mentioned i would say even though it defied any kind of like physics or perhaps logic the cargo plane set piece mm-hmm. I, I just enjoyed that because like i said it just it brought me back to a feeling in the game of me thinking about drake how have you found yourself in this position this is just so crazy but what did you both like in terms of like what you noticed done well in an adaptation from the video game Tazzy, do you want to go? Yeah, I'd love to go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that opening sequence for the now the plane and then obviously going back to it was just I mean, that's just straight up uncharted. That's yeah, you start yeah, the game yeah. climbing in the up. Of something. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> climbing up something in the middle of something. Like that is that's how the game that's how the game start. That is just classic. Um I I really liked actually this is something that I liked, but I feel like could have had a bit more of but there was just some monologuing from the like Nate and Victor that like reminded 
it's a monologue and then like back and forth that reminded me of like in the games when you like look around an area and the characters are, are back and forth in or if it's just Nate on its own monologuing and they've done a little bit of that and I feel like they could have done more of it because I yeah. feel like that would have captured some of the the spirit of the game yeah I agree with that yeah oh, there's other stuff but I can't yeah what else did you like or did you notice uh, things that I noticed Go on. I noticed the Naughty Dog <laughs> sticker <laughs> <laughs> near the beginning uh with his little memento trunk yes yeah yeah and i was like oh, no it took sticker <laughs> and it's i'm like, someone that doesn't really because you miss it blink yeah. and you'll miss it kind of thing Literally. and i'm someone that doesn't normally notice stuff like little easter eggs in in movies and also uh know the norse cameo i recognized someone's face and voice and i feel like everyone should clap for me because i never do that not even in real life <laughs> <laughs> and so, when yeah. he's introduced you get a little whisper of the, the og uncharted theme albeit uh i think it's like you know a laid-back version because they're on the beach so that was a nice nod yeah, I did feel, because I'd forgotten, like the voice I got, but the face, I was like, oh, I don't, I realise, I don't know what he, well, I know what he looks like, but I haven't seen, obviously heard him more than seen him. Yeah. Um, but the moment was such a, uh, it was one of those like, something's happening here. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. cause just the way they, the way they shot it, the way that it kind of it hung yeah. in that moment, like. Wait, like you this? have to oh, think about it. Yeah. 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 So that was my, my path to it. I'd love to know someone who isn't familiar with the games what they think of that little moment because they'd probably be like, "What was that about?" Yeah, <laughs> was that guy? Was that his dad? They probably think it's his dad, chilling or something. I don't know. I was like, I recognise his face, and then it like hung, and then he's like spoke, and I was like, oh, "Yay!" <laughs> Definitely. Another thing that I liked. I, so I'm I'm just a sucker for when when the character matches up to the video game look. So at the end, when Tom Holland gets his, uh, what like the holster thingies? Because he's already got yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah. And put, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Nate. It's, it's Nate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, it, doesn't, it doesn't take much for me. I just like that. Uh, that made me happy. I, I did like the um, the opening, uh, you know, physics logics aside, as we say, physics logic <laughs> aside. Because throughout the whole movie, I was because we opened with that and I was like, oh, we're going to go up to that point. I wonder how they're going to handle it again. Because I was like, there's no way they're going to repeat it, you know, cut, paste that sequence. So I was quite happy and, and um, I enjoyed the whole Chloe's on board and she's fighting Joe Braddock on the plane while we're intercutting yes. with what we've already seen. I thought that was quite a clever workaround. And then mm. in terms of other nods to the game, that that auction sequence is lifted right out of Uncharted 4 pretty much. Oh, yes. A heisty sort of scenario I thought was pretty cool. But I was like, oh, how's Nate going to get out of this one? And then it turns out he just, yeah makes a complete mockery and, and fumbles his way through the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is yeah. It was no, that was a cool uh, scene, but yeah, again, it kind of like just gets out of it um, because he needs to. I liked the um, just the whole like trust issues. Oh, between yeah, major <laughs> between everything, <laughs> because that's what like the games are like. <laughs> yeah. It was like a proper nod to. To that, you know, you're alone, but you've got this team, but... That's an uneasy team bond thing. <laughs> yeah. And that, like, kind of like we're a family, but we're, like, a not a, a very unfunctioning 
family. <laughs> at the end of every scene, someone's at risk of just pulling out a gun on the other person at any moment. Yeah. Just like, well, well, well. Hand <laughs> it over. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like literally yeah so i mean we've covered most of the characters uh, in here and we always talk about characters when we do our deep dives uh, in particular i guess how these characters match up to uh, video game counterparts so aaron already mentioned but this is supposed to be nathan drake's origin story and looking at the the first job undertaken by nate and sully and i guess we'll start with those two because we talked about casting so we, we, we spoke about like Nate and Tom Holland, do you see the right casting? My thing with Sully, I, I think I felt this when initially hearing about the film, but certainly playing the games, is like, isn't this this is a job for Bruce Campbell, right? The um, oh, okay. Evil Dead guy, yeah, as Nathan Drake. No, as Sully. Oh right, as right. Drake. I was no, going to say Sully. <laughs> Go in the complete be, opposite uh, direction. Yeah, I know. That'll be like, <laughs> my back. Oh. Um. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, I was thought sort of like that kind of character fits more as Sully than what Mark Wahlberg did. I don't know who that is, so... Oh, uh, so, yeah, um, Evil Dead franchise, what else has he been in? Spider-Man. Uh, I know him... He, he has, like, cameos in Spider-Man. Oh, really? He's, he's the, like, ticket seller in Spider-Man 2, the OG Spider-Man 2. Oh, I even... Uh... Oh... That is, that is uh, I mean, I, I know Neither him from... Neither of you uh, are helping me here. Yeah, I'm trying to think what, what would... I'm only referencing one of the biggest films ever made, but okay, no, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah but as a, like, um, an obscure character. Yeah, yeah. All right, I know him from a show called Burn Notice, which I really enjoyed, if anyone has seen that. Uh, I don't think that's going to help Tazzy either. I feel like I'm a lost cause. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to send you a picture. But for me, he just fits that kind of, yeah. like, sully mold. I can see what you're getting at, Nigel, in terms of that sort of rugged, sort of been around the world, kind of seen and done yeah. everything. Yeah, father figure type thing. Yeah, he's past it, but he can still kind of like dip in and, and do some stuff. Uh, yeah, if yeah. And plus I can picture Bruce Campbell chomping on a cigar. <laughs> so I think for me, like Smart Wahlberg, I mean, he's, what is Mark Wahlberg, like 50 uh, now? But he's like a, I don't know, he's like young. He just, he, he, he <laughs> he's just off. like. 50. Yeah, both of them were just just off. Not not that I have a problem with the the actors themselves, just in in these roles. Where have I guess part of it is because Tom Holland, Nigel, is that what you're saying? You've got a problem with the? Nope i I love <laughs> Spider Man. Think he's he's my Spider Man. I'll uh, give him that. But just Sorry. watching this, and maybe because having played the game, it's a case of like coming in with like hard expectations from playing for um, four titles that. I, I have this image of these characters and this isn't what mm. what I pictured. Especially for Nate, because like he he's the main character and you're you spend a lot of time with him and mm. you constantly you're constantly hearing him monologue and interact. So yeah. would, like, would, it's quite would either of you have preferred Nathan Fillion in the role, like the whole fan casting thing? Or is he a bit what too is old now? Nate. Mm, yeah, he might be too Yeah. I mean I get it. Okay, I'm gonna have to get Google up. One second. Okay. <laughs> the... Yeah, I I get that. I yeah. Hmm. I feel like if this movie originally came out, say 2009, 2010 ish, when it was originally like being floated. Yeah. That would have been perfect for Nathan Fillion, but they just left it too long. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. At that at that time, I could see it. Um, yeah. Maybe not now, but. So yeah, we had like those uh, those characters, and we had some characters from the games 
I was going to say my favorite character was Joe Braddock. Mm. And I've seen the actress, what's her name, Tati Gabriel, in one other thing, which is Sabrina. The Uh, the sabrina (laughs) series on netflix and she's great in that and i think she's great in this yeah she does that character really well and the cat is my second favorite the cat cat. i like that joke yeah when sully's like worrying about the cat and he's away (laughs) what am i gonna do with this yeah (laughs) yeah that was good he's upset that the like cat sitter hadn't like replied or whatever yeah 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 Yeah, i did like that i'd like that but yeah, Joe Joe Braddock, she because she's an original character, I think. She's kind yes. of like introduced mm-hmm. as the muscle, right? And mm-hmm. um I thought she did a good job in terms of being like the physical sort of presence that, you know, aside from random Scottish bloke number one, who could yeah, really yeah. go toe to toe with Wahlberg and Holland. And I kinda like the fact that there's this implied history there. Uh because you don't get that between Drake and Sully, obviously. So it was nice that you get that between Braddock and, and Wahlberg at least. Yeah. And that they kind of like gave like a singular face and a leader to random NPC villains. Because <laughs> that would have been kind of tough to do without like a central villain. And I guess she becomes the villain after, yeah. speaking of trust, uh, uh, betraying <laughs> Santiago, who himself was like, because I, I mentioned it when I did the the recap, this guy killed his own father. It was like, well, actually, he didn't, did he? He hired oh, someone he else to do it. To do it, yeah. And so he, he gave the order. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. that's a that's an escalation." You could have like caught or you know just yeah. family meeting or something before you go straight to like I'm gonna I'm gonna take. In, you in out. fairness to the man, they did sit on a bench for thirty seconds. He gave him, you know, thirty seconds. It all ample time. <laughs> like, you, yeah. Thirty yeah. seconds of throwing a strop of like I want to inherit the fortune that's built on blood money for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that he got killed off. Yeah. I feel like it was just that was a surprise. A, wasn't it? it was a surprise, and it was also kind of like quite empowering. Of like, we can have really cool badass women villains, mm. <laughs> and gone is the age of like, I inherited money, old old man. <laughs> and I thought they did enough to like, you know, excuse why she would have been like not a big fan of his. I don't know what I'm trying to yeah. say, but like, because he was constantly like, you're doing a bad job, and. I've just hired Chloe instead of you, or should I yeah. have hired Victor's and you know, all this, that, and the other. So. Exactly. Well, he done nothing and just made orders. Yeah. And I was like, you had it coming. <laughs> then Antonio Banderas will always have a special place in my heart. The Mask of Zorro, one of the much better film than this film. If you want like a swan, yeah. go and watch The Mask of Zorro. And I guess that was part of the surprise because it's Antonio Banderas. You're like, oh, he's going to stick around. And he got what is dad had coming to him they had that in common at least yeah yeah like father like son i guess <laughs> did they both have their throat slit yeah i to think they did didn't they yeah yeah i kind of hope i kind of want like i really hate that they killed off braddock and i kind of like want her to somehow have survived Is she dead <laughs> shit well, falling know. on her well we just saw tom holland jump out of a plane and <laughs> so uh this is the kind of thing if i don't see a body like there's there's mm. a question mark exactly tom, tom holland Not... takes like a car to the chest multiple times <laughs> yeah <laughs> not gone just lost yeah there you go <laughs> she's lost so uh, the other character actually, I wanted to make sure we mention is is Chloe. I don't know how you feel. I I quite like Chloe. I can't remember the name of the actor, which is like 
shame on me, but Sophia Ali. I Ali, think. yes, yeah, yeah. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, she was that thing. Like in with this being like the hero's journey, there's the moment where you have the the test, the allies, the enemies, and she was all of those parts uh, <laughs> in one. So it's so like on their side, not on their side. Like, who, can you trust her? Kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I think they had good chemistry as well. In fact, she probably had better character with Tom Holland than Mark Wahlberg did with Tom Holland. Yeah. I feel like she just add, added chemistry to the whole, the triangle of friendship slash mm. whatever the hell you <laughs> explain yeah. their relationship as because... Yeah. The triangle of mistrust. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with that. I, I, I like this. So I, I think, like you said at, at, uh, early on, Taz, is like not necessarily the, the actors, because I think people, for the most part, you know, brought what they could, but just what they had to work with was the, the challenge. Because I feel like there was a few moments where everyone sort of shined. Mm. <laughs> Just a little glimpse. I think the um, she's the best sort of like game to film translation mm. in her interpretation of Chloe Fraser. Like as soon as she comes on screen, you're like, oh yeah, that's Chloe. Yeah. But then she's getting to like, she's doing her own thing with it as well. I don't know how to quite explain it, which I guess is a credit to the actress, Sophia Ali. Can't quite put my finger on it. She's got the essence of the character, um, but uh yeah, she can kind of hold her own, hold her own against the guys. Definitely. Yeah, you're right because she has that. The especially even like with the wardrobe because obviously like the red and everything. So she has that, but then she goes in her own uh, own direction. And Taz, Taz, you mentioned that like Joe Braddock. You know, she hopes she's not dead, and I wouldn't be surprised if like there's a if we do get a sequel, there's like a flashback where she swims to like Chloe's boat because we see her at the end, obviously mm-hmm. like on the water. And I'm like, oh. That could be like a Lost Legacy style team up right there with their oh, yeah. own little adventure or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, the best of enemies or go. something. Yeah. yeah. I love the, the 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 film uses like video game defying real world mechanics. <laughs> he uses video game mechanics defying real world. <laughs> physics. <laughs> like, like... Physics, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I got it the right way. Tom, Tom Holland wasn't um, climbing up enough yellow bricks for my liking in this film, but uh, yeah, that's no, true. He could have, mm. yeah, it could have been a lot more of that. <laughs> we missed out on that. <laughs> so, as well as the characters, I also usually like to look at themes. Uh, we did say this is quite a, a flat sort of. Uh, there's not too much depth to it, but something I did pick out, uh, as was mentioned, is that idea of trust. Because this story is a series of double crosses and uh, trust plays a big part. So we have Nate trusting that his brother Sam will return. Nate doesn't trust Sully. Then he does. Then he doesn't. Then he does again. Sully doesn't trust Chloe. I guess that's kind of returned um, for her as well. Nate wants to trust Chloe. Chloe betrays them both. But then she comes back. Santiago doesn't trust Joe because he hires Chloe. Santiago betrays his father. Father shouldn't trust his son. Jordan betrays Santiago. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of mistrust, trust issues. Like uh, his father didn't actually trust him at all at any point. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that, that's why. <laughs> that's why he wasn't getting me. Yeah. So there you go. And there was like no trust since he bought him that car, and I think that's where the trust ended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was just oh, yeah. it. And then you had the so the gold uh, and particularly the. So getting to the goal, like the path to it, I relied on having the two sets of keys. And I remember them saying that it was two so that one group couldn't betray Mm. the other. So you had to work together to get 
the uh the goal and then as they were working their way through so you know chloe and nate went one way sully went another and it was that moment where they were trapped in that was this underground kind of sewer bit that was filling with water the compartment they were in so they needed the other key the person with the other key to trust them to get out of that situation so i guess if there was any kind of theme at least that i could find it was the idea of like you know the need to work together to trust others to achieve a goal uh, if that came through for anyone else yeah it it was coming through just before um mark Wahlberg walked into a crispy cream or whatever it was oh papa john's <laughs> papa john's, john's. Yeah. i'm literally <laughs> yeah. in a papa john's <laughs> Oh yeah, literally he says it like it's in the script. Like, yeah, oh, that's when I feel out of trust with this movie and any of it, any intention of it to be, uh, I don't know, credible. But no, yeah, that that was definitely a theme, and I I almost forgot about the whole two key thing. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, they couldn't even yeah trust each other. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Tazzy? I mean, yeah, I feel like that's the only like real obvious theme in it, and and of course like lost. Not gone. Oh yes, lost, not gone. Yes, of course. Can't forget that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it was some another theme was um make sure you change the lighter fluid in your lighter. <laughs> oh, like key, yeah. like key life themes yeah. there. Like, I feel like I mean, really, there was plenty of opportunity for him to like refill. That's what that I was lighter. thinking as well. Like yeah. after the first couple of times, surely you just like you know just sort that out. <laughs> it's not like it's one that can't be re- refilled that is a refillable yeah. lighter <laughs> yeah and you knew you, you're going on an adventure you're going to take it with you so yeah, I, yeah. come on nate really I'm so prepared with everything else I know, yeah <laughs> also that magic bags exist in this world yeah i think i know what you're gonna say like oh, did you just take the cross from you like there is no way that bag was open like during that chase sequence and the fact that like there was several points where like when they're in the in the water bit mm. in the the water's filling up when they get out they don't have their bags on them oh, oh. <laughs> like when they when um he lifts her out of the oh the yeah man cover whatever you call it manhole yeah. uh, they don't have their bags on them and suddenly they magically have their bags on them also i want to know like where they get these really 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 super duper waterproof bags from and these super <laughs> duper waterproof phones that can still work under the pressure of water as well because that's normally like the issue it's not that they get worse the water <laughs> pressure i don't know sony phones not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah uh, magic bags and this incredible phone technology i really want to <laughs> know where that comes from because nothing was wet <laughs> they're in water so much and nothing's wet and they don't have their bags on them and then they do have their bags on them that's not normally something i like notice but maybe it's just video game logic you know yeah, you know what i didn't reset. even notice like i didn't either <laughs> you were clearly paying more attention than, than me i know i must have been busy with the popcorn <laughs> maybe that's what it is i didn't have any didn't have any popcorn when i went uh, when i went mm. i was like popcorn is way too expensive <laughs> that's another story yeah. <laughs> that is another story. <laughs> All right. So, any final thoughts or like favorite moments that we might not have mentioned? And also, what I'm interested in is like, where do you see this going in future? And are you even excited to see more from the film? Or are you more excited for the, another sequel in the video game franchise? I feel like Tazzy's the best person to ask, seeing as she uh, stuck around for the second. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what happened, Tazzy? And then. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, did, did, Nigel, did you say you think you saw one of them and not the other? Oh, I definitely didn't see the second one. Okay. I know. And Aaron, you saw one and not the other. Well, yeah, the one where his brother's alive, you know. Yeah. Oh, was that, that was the first one? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so there's a the bit where his brother's alive and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Was, yeah, I didn't know. I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. And then the second one was like an exchange going down. Sounds riveting. With <laughs> a character that has like an eye patch. I forgot his name. And then there's like an exchange for like a map and he swaps the ring. But then Nate sleight of hands the ring back just as oh, Sully oh, okay gets there and sully has his cat on him so the cat is the reason oh. why i'm excited for the sequel because there was like a line he's like yeah i bring my cat everywhere and i was like oh my god please in the next one like in a little cat rucksack and i was like that would be so funny i will watch that movie i don't care how bad it bad it is if that is in it like everywhere but yeah, like other than that, I wouldn't say excited. I'd be like, yeah, I'd go see the next movie. I, I just wanted to say, Mark Wahlberg losing the Sully mustache, I can live with if he has his cat with him the entire time in the next movie. <laughs> some, a fluff of some kind, at least. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't rush out to see the next one. My hope is that now they've done all the legwork in this movie, they, it can kind of sort of break into its own sort of identity with the sequel. I feel like mm. there's enough pieces here that it's... Uh, it could go either way. And, uh, you know, Tom Holland, yeah. grow, grow a bit of stubble, man. Let's, uh, you know, commit. You know, you're, you're good at the gym. If he's oh. capable of it, because some people aren't. Also, I think he just needs to get a bit of a, like, a, a gruff, like, just gruffness to, yeah. to him, to, like, his personality. Maybe he needs to hang around with, like, some... Some like meth addicts or something. <laughs> rough <Whoa. people>. yeah. <laughs> you know, he went into an American high school for however long. Uh, so he needs to hang around with like some rough ruffians. Ruffians. What did I say before? Escapades. <laughs> Escapades and ruffians. <laughs> stop stop doing your push-ups, Tom Holland. We get it. You, you've got yeah. like, <laughs> Oh my god, that push-up sequence. Oh, that was a bit overkill for me. I was it like, was so overkill. This is not Nathan Drake. No way. No, <laughs> yeah. Nathan Drake does not train. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Nathan Drake rocks up and just, and just happens to have just here, about right? enough strength <laughs> because he's doing it all the time and that is it. He doesn't train for it. You're laughing, you're, we're laughing and stuff, but I swear it happens all the time in the games where like you'll climb something and as he's monologuing, he is out of breath. Yeah. And like that is his character. Like Exactly. Yeah. He so, just yeah. shows up. He wings it. <laughs> Would you see a, another one, Nigel? Yeah, I mean I've I've got a cinema card, so you know, uh I just go So whatever. But um I mean like I said, it was it was enjoyable, it just wasn't and this is where I mentioned Arcane, like, cause that that moved me that story moved me like it made me think about the the themes in it um whereas this is just i would forget this after seeing it which is a shame because going back to the beginning uh we all really enjoyed the games and games were a great experience so yeah that was kind of my disappointment but it just got me thinking about sort of video game adaptations um they are definitely getting better like 
no question mm. they are getting better but it is always that challenge of, of where do you go where because the uncharted the video games if you look at it like objectively the the plot is quite thin and it's thin because you play the game so you fill in like the player fills in uh what is quite a straightforward uh story and that's fine that works for that medium so what do you do when you take it into a a mm. non-interactive medium like film how do you fill those gaps and is why i keep mentioning arcane and when we do that episode on it i will i will talk uh, a lot more but it just goes in a different direction where it doesn't even matter like that you've played the game or even know about the game because it's, it fills in with like very well done themes very well done character arcs that link to the themes and makes a story for that medium whereas this uncharted just feels like it's you know, it's taking the, the bits that we remember from the games or the directly or sort of like hints at them and then pieces it together in, in, into quite a straightforward sort of by the numbers uh, adventure. And that's fine, but it, it, I feel like it could have been more. Yeah. And I think for me, what it could have, ca- could have quite easily captured and didn't so well is the like relationship between the characters. Because that's one thing you do get from the games is like the banter and the... yeah equips and that could easily have been amped up mm. hey if if you want quips we're less than a month away from sonic the hedgehog 2 guys oh I'm yeah speaking, that's it <laughs> speaking of you know what i still haven't seen the first one and then oh, watching yeah. the trailer for the second one i was like this is a superhero movie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> except it's yeah, a yeah. short blue hedgehog, <laughs> hedgehog that runs yeah. fast <laughs> yeah but um, sonic is a good film yeah, yeah, it's on my watch list. It's just, again, one of those ones. I'm like, do yeah. I want to watch, like, essentially a teenage hedgehog run around, around <laughs> being a teenager? <laughs> that is exactly what he does as well. So, yeah, <laughs> set your expectations. Yeah. Oh, there's something I was going to say as well. Oh, and I think the other thing that's um, hard about when you make a prequel to a video game, and especially a video game that is, again... <laughs> A ba- like it's kind of diluted like Aaron said earlier is that we we're not worried about if the characters are going to live because we know they are because <laughs> the games exist so it's like yeah you really need to add something and and with Uncharted as well it's not even one that you could have sort of like done a side story just based in the universe because that would essentially just, just yeah, be Indiana no, Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, whereas, like, something like if they do a good Bioshock adaptation, there's so much story and, and world there mm. that you could explore that you, yeah, you could just make anything up and just have it exist in that universe mm-hmm. and it would yeah. be great. But you couldn't do that with Uncharted. No, it's very much focused on those explicit characters yeah. and their, their journeys. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think we'll be talking about sort of video game adaptations and different stories on on the podcast. So, yeah, those are our, our thoughts about this particular video game adaptation. So, let us know what you think. As always, you can give us your feedback on this story's discussion, this episode's story discussion, uh, feedback at myamada.com. Before we get to the end, though, let's get to this week's storytelling tip. <laughs> Each time we do a deep dive on a podcast, I like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their own stories. So this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of 
others. And for this episode, I wanted to discuss the hero's refusal of the call. This is something that happens in Uncharted. Very briefly, sort of blink and you'll miss it. But Uncharted is a hero's journey of a narrative. So Nate is our hero and we follow him throughout the story as he moves through each stage of that journey. So the hero's journey is a common template of storytelling that involves a hero who goes on an, on an adventure, is victorious in a crisis, and then come, comes home changed or somehow transformed. Within this framework, there are 12 stages of the hero's journey. And you may have heard the name Joseph Campbell associated with these stages. He was an American professor of comparative mythology and literary critic, best known for his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which deconstructs the hero's journey and compares it to different religions. So he came up with a step-by-step -step guide to describing each of the characteristic parts of this journey, which allows us to identify elements of the hero's journey in the world around us. So I'm not going to go through each stage, but I will link to something that describes each stage in the show notes. Um, but it was one part that of the film that made me think about a particular stage, which is the refusal uh, of the call. And this is the stage where the protagonist refuses to leave the comfort of their equilibrium, so life as they know it. And this could be for many reasons, but essentially our hero second guesses accepting the call to action. So the hero hesitates to accept the challenge. And in the best examples, it's shown as a very human response to fear and the unknown that makes the hero more relatable to the audience. So in Uncharted, Sully recruits Nate to locate lost gold from a doomed expedition. So Nate is uninterested until Sully mentions he was trying to uncover the mystery with his brother Sam. So we see the hero refusing the call to adventure, or at least attempting to, because he doesn't want to sacrifice for what is being asked of him. Nate has no personal stakes until Sam's name is mentioned, but he has some stashed away postcards that Sam sent him over the years, uh, suggesting that there is still a link there, he still does care. So according to Sally, the final clue is hidden in those postcards and following the clues could let the brothers reunite. So with this hunger for gold and uh, to reconcile uh, with his brother, they join forces. So like a lot of the film, I understand the motivation and the pieces were there, but it didn't necessarily connect with me on a kind of any kind of emotional level and the refusal and the later acceptance came off as too easy so Nate's refusal seemed weak it didn't take much to convince him to join Sully who he's never met before at this point so there could be many reasons but one that stood out to me is that we don't really see Nate suffer in any way so as an example in The Lion King we see Simba lose his father and instead of stepping up to take his rightful place as king, he runs away at the direction of Scar. So there's a lot of emotion tied to this refusal and a later satisfaction when Simba does eventually accept his responsibility. Uh, a film that we've talked about on this podcast in episode 37, Logan, we see an extremely world-weary Logan who's just about ready to give up on who he used to be. He refuses the call to be a hero once more when he's asked to help Gabriella on two separate occasions. Logan crosses the threshold and enters his journey when he goes to the motel and finds that Gabriella has been killed. It is then that he realizes the situation is very serious and he needs to do something about it. So a character doesn't always need to die, 
But in both cases, there is much more struggle than we see with Uncharted, which often feels way too easy. So if the film needs Nate to be good at something, he suddenly is and he gets through it. Uh, so going back to the hero's journey, it helps if you don't think of it as just a formula for storytelling, but a study of the human heart, where there are patterns that exist in the monomyth, which is like the hero's journey and across all great stories. So there's something in us as humans that resonates in that journey. And the refusal of the call should reveal your hero's weakness. So whether it's physical or emotional. So it's the weakness that puts your hero's ability to complete the task in serious doubt. Something that Uncharted just doesn't do. Uh, so here are three things to consider when making your hero refuse the call to adventure. And uh, number one is what is the danger? So what's that test that your hero is up against? And at this point, it's about laying the stakes and establishing what's the worst that will happen if your hero doesn't act. So if Simba doesn't claim his place as king, Scar will destroy the only home he's known and everyone in it. Uh, so these are the stakes uh, for continued inaction. It's also too important to understand that when your hero is tested for the first time, they can't pass with flying colors. Again, looking at you, Nate, uh, there must be some doubt or outright failure to overcome. Number two, what does it matter to the protagonist? So even if the stakes are world ending, they should also matter on a personal level to your hero and those that they care about. So for example, in the Hunger Games, the citizens of District 12 are waiting for the reaping. When participants in the Hunger Games will be chosen, this is bad in itself, but it really matters to the protagonist Katniss when his sister is selected, forcing her to eventually take her sister's place. And then uh, she's in into the story. And lastly, number three, why does the hero reject the call? So give this serious thought. So the reason for that initial re rejection and what fears are holding the hero back. So this can link to a physical or emotional weakness that fills them with dread when they think about taking on the call. Again, an example, in Toy Story, we see Woody, the protagonist in that story, start as an insecure and jealous leader. So he refuses to call to accept and work with Buzz Lightyear, which leads to Buzz being literally ejected from Andy's room and forces Woody to answer the call and go after him to bring him back. So that, that's the tip for this episode. Let us know what you think in the comments or join the Discord and give us a shout there. I will, I'm slowly working my way through turning these into video storytelling tips. So follow us on YouTube. Um, some are already there. Some will be added. And you can always send us your own story tips to feedback at myamado.com. Or like I said, join our Discord uh, as well. So that's the tip for this episode. Tazzy, let's check in with our guests. Yeah. Um, Aaron, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and what projects or any interesting news you have at the moment? Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm primarily a writer about video games. I don't know. I won't go so far as to say journalist because I don't break any pulse-panging <laughs> stories or, you know, split the case wide open. But so yeah, I was freelance writing for the better part of five years. And then, yeah, just recently I joined Wireframe Magazine as features editor over there. So Wireframe Magazine is a monthly video game magazine that you can pick up in your local uh, newsagent slash WH Smiths and got all kinds of exciting things going on. If if you're someone who just enjoys reading about games, but that's that's cool. Pick up a copy. But then if you also want to learn how about how, you know, how to make games as well, we've got a specific section in the magazine called Toolbox where uh, we teach you uh, coding in terms of, you know, what you need to use, how you need to get set up and 
kind of try some different genres out for yourself. So yeah, Wireframe yeah, is what I'm about these days. Um, I should also mention it publishes monthly, but online you can download a free PDF and enjoy the digital version at no cost whatsoever. It's pretty cool. Um, but then you can still find me every now and then over at the Push Square YouTube channel, which is a PlayStation-centric hub for all your Sony needs. So yeah, I'm, I'm about all over the place, but Wireframe is uh, where to find me primarily. Awesome. I definitely think some of our listeners will enjoy the uh, toolbox segment. And they might enjoy a f certain future issue, Tazzy. I'm not sure if you agree. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think they will enjoy a future episode. So <laughs> go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't miss miss out. Yeah. Cool. So Aaron, thank you for coming on the show for your first, uh, hopefully not last, appearance. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. Hopefully I've not been too grumpy about the Uncharted uh, movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to pop on again. This has been really fun. Cool. Once we Where get you, you have... in, that's it. You're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> they keep pulling me back in. If you have been too grumpy, I mean, people know where to find you. So, you know, you know where to direct your uh, emails. Yeah. Uh, emails too. <laughs> the best way is to buy a copy of Wireframe. And then rip there up and buy another <laughs> copy and just keep buying copies. Um, <laughs> and he'll, he'll get a message eventually. Yeah. So, but hopefully people have enjoyed listening to the discussion about our lukewarm response to this film. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode uh, of Story X Story, make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, and give us a five-star rating and review. I feel if you've listened to this point, uh, it's probably worth your time. Um, and it helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. I'm not sure one of those weird people that just skips to the end and nicely hear the credits. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what your what your thing is, but um, don't forget to check out our own stories. Give us a review, though. Yeah, yeah, still drop that review. You're you're here, right? Um, don't forget to check out our stories on the Maya Matter website. We have a number of titles available in our manga universe, including the latest release series Through the Fog. Uh, and you can join our Studio 77 Discord community for free and check out uh, the Studio 77 membership for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the Maya Matter universe. Uh, and something we are very excited about, the Do I Look Like a Gamer video game representation campaign is now live after uh, multiple years, uh, about two years of uh, planning and being in limbo and all that. It's out. We've launched it. Uh, and the aim is for future generations of diverse talent to know that there is also a place for them in the video games industry. So we want to empower them to, to be an active part of shaping the future uh, of video games. We have a bunch of plans in store. So you can check out the photo campaign featuring our 40 players and makers and keep an eye out for news on campaign events and how you can get involved. Uh, we release new episodes of the podcast on Thursdays and they include creator interviews, video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture and you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at mymatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mymatter.com forward slash story x story. So thank you for tuning in and until next time stay safe and remember it's not gone it's just lost. Take care everyone. Thank you.